This podcast and the following message are brought to you by Acorns, Grow Your Oak. Acorns helps you grow your money. In under five minutes, get investment accounts for you and your family, plus retirement, checking, ways to earn more money, and grow your knowledge. Take control with all-in-one investment, retirement, checking, and more. Just one dollar, three dollars, or five dollars a month. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com/acorns. That's www.autoconverse.com/acorns. From Acorns, mighty oaks do grow. And Plaid is uh, basically connects all your bank accounts, all your assets. Um, as anyone that's going to Robinhood or or to Coinbase, you know, to connect their bank accounts to these crypto uh, trading platforms. It's the same process. And then also you can connect your your HR, like your ADP, how you get paid. Um, so then that gets connected to see the consistency. Uh, you can eventually upload rental history and there'll be many other different um, elements that will build your points and boost your points. That was Brandy Koloski from the fintech startup Plenzi, which is a new points-based lending system. And here's what's cool about it. It's on blockchain. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not actually what's cool about it. What's cool about Plenzi is that it's backed by its own lending system, which means it doesn't need the FICO system to determine your borrowing power. Plenzi does that on its own. Why does this matter? Let me give you a hint. Blockchain. From Autoburst Media, this is Autoconverse. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I am Ryan Girardi. It's great to be here with you. As you heard me saying just moments ago, there's a new auto lending system coming to town, and it doesn't rely on the FICO credit system, which has become a fixture in U.S. lending since it was first introduced in the 50s. The new lending system is called Plenzi, and it uses blockchain technology to analyze lending risk, secure loans, and ultimately put people into cars. Coming up later in this episode is my conversation with Plenzi Chief Growth Officer Brandy Koloski. But before we get into all that, how about some headlines? All right, so vaccine mandates are coming. Uh, Walmart. Disney, Facebook, Google, even the Pentagon are all requiring mandates, so we'll get into that in a moment. Inflation appears to be slowing up a bit, or is it? And what is in the new $1.5 trillion infrastructure bill passed by the Senate? We'll be getting into all that in just a moment. Plus, Ford has a new smart parking lab that will open next month in Detroit. Tesla to pay $1.5 million to settle Model S battery throttling complaints. Also in the news, a new Mars-bound starship nears first ever orbital flight. All right, so as you heard me say, vaccine mandates are coming. You've got protests going in 
many parts of Europe uh, where mandates are coming down at the national level. Here in the U.S., you can't really do that. Uh, if the federal government were to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine at this stage, it would be complete upheaval. That is up to the states. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. We need to wake up. And why do I say that? Well, if you think back to about a year ago, the CDC came out and the whole push that everyone was behind is we need to wear a mask. We need to wear a mask. Why do we need to wear a mask? Well, we needed to stop the spread to keep the hospital beds in the ICUs, the intensive care units, open. That was the whole push, that the, that the masks help stop the spread. So if you recall, some people might say, well, I shouldn't be forced to wear a mask. And then the retort was, well... It, you really should because you're going to help protect other people from getting Even if you're not concerned about getting it, you're going to help protect other people from getting it. The vaccine is different. The vaccine is different. Right now, About it's said that about 50% of Americans have been vaccinated. There is a lot of pushback from the African-American communities and the black communities uh, and Latinos apparently as well. And you could also say there's some pushback on the vaccine uh, amongst uh, ultra conservatives. But here's the problem as far as I see. This is why we need to get our heads out of our asses. The vaccine doesn't help stop the spread. It only protects you from either getting symptoms or keeping symptoms mild. It doesn't help stop the spread. So if you walk into a store today, pretty much all of them say the same thing. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. This makes absolutely no sense. Zero, zero sense. We have lost our minds, okay? If, if the whole purpose is to stop the spread, the vaccines don't solve that. The, we might as well, the masks solve that. The vaccines just help reduce the symptoms for you if you get it. So what if you've had COVID once or twice, like me, who's had it at least once, if not twice? Should I get the vaccine? What is that going to do? What is the point? What is it going to solve? Is it going to stop the spread? Actually, we're going to have the opposite problem. <laughs> the opposite problem. Because people are going to get vaccinated and then they're going to carry the they're going to carry the virus and but because they're vaccinated, they can go to concerts and they don't have to wear masks. So, really what are we accomplishing here? You've got concerts coming out saying you have to be vaccinated to come to this concert. Okay. Okay. Look, we have the power the power is in our hands. Here's the power that you have. Don't participate. If vaccines are required and you don't want to have a vaccine, then you don't participate. And that is your prerogative. The minute the state and your local community starts requiring a vaccine, that becomes a problem. And if your employer requires that, they have a right to do that. An employer has rights and they can say you have to be vaccinated to work here. Well, it's your choice. You don't have to work there. You can work there if you want, but you don't have to. You got to put your logic hat on. We call it critical thinking. We used to have a thing called critical thinking. It started to deteriorate sometime around 2010, 2015. All of our critical thinking amongst the max population started going away. But you need to be on your toes. Vaccine mandates are coming. I don't mean to get up here in a soapbox, but it's, um, I just, I'm just can't believe how we've lost our minds the way that we have. It's out of control. <laughs> All right, let's talk about inflation. As you know, gas prices have gone up since the new administration took over at the beginning of the year. 
uh, over 50%. I mean, gas was literally just hovering under $2 a gallon. Now we're looking at pretty much three fifty in most areas. In California, you're, you're hovering over $5 a gallon. Grocery prices have gone up on everything. Or if the prices haven't gone up, the quantity of what you're buying has gone down. So the per unit cost has gone up significantly. Uh, but let's focus on the, the used car market because that's something that we, that we do keep a pulse on here on Autoconverse is used car market. Wholesale used vehicle prices, that's on a mix of mileage and seasonally adjusted basis, has decreased 2.6% month over month in July. This is according to a Cox Automotive report released earlier this month. So this brought the used vehicle value index to 195.2, which is a 23.6 increase from a year ago. These soaring prices for pre-owned vehicles a big cause in U.S. inflation, uh, of U.S. inflation, pushing U.S. inflation to its highest point in more than a decade, with cost of used cars and trucks climbing 10% just in April alone, another 7.3% in May. Uh, so this helped make the auto industry responsible for one-third of the overall rise in consumer prices. And one effect of higher prices has been push uh, to push the average age of vehicles on U.S. roads up to a record 12.1 years in January. So it looks like we're, we're starting to see a little bit of relief. And uh, again, it's something we're, um, we're going to have to keep an eye on here, uh, especially as we get into this new infrastructure bill. Okay, so let's get into this infrastructure bill. This is pretty important. So just the other day, 19 Republican senators joined all Democrats to pass a one2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill so so that's unanimous approval but here's the thing that bill that infrastructure bill is part of a larger budget a 3.5 trillion dollar budget proposal so you're talking on top of the 1.5 trillion dollar infrastructure bill is a two trillion dollar human infrastructure budget which you could put another label on it and just call it a a socialist budget bill. It includes education, health care, housing initiatives. But the resolution does not include an increase to the debt ceiling. That's the stickler there. That's how it got approved. It does not increase the debt, debt ceiling. So this debt sets the stage for another political battle uh, in Congress because they got this has to go through Congress. So the infrastructure bill is tied to the overarching $3.5 trillion budget. But what's in the in the infrastructure bill? That's what's important here for us. So let's look at this. We got $110 billion of that towards roads, bridges, and major projects. Uh, this provides 66, uh, there's $66 billion to passenger and freight rail, $65 billion to rebuild the electric grid, and $65 billion to expand broadbed internet lines, and $55 billion for water pipes, including replacing lead pipes and more. So you can see why this got unanimous support in the Senate. And again, it will pro and probably will have no problem getting, getting support in Congress. But again, going back to the caveat there, it's all tied to this $3.5 trillion budget proposal for human infrastructure. All right, so let's get into some exciting news. SpaceX has successfully performed the first ever static fire test of its super heavy booster, which it hopes to use to send its Starship rocket to Mars. So there we go. We have a Mars-bound Starship, and it's nearing its first ever, ever orbital flight. So that's happening. 
Ford has announced that its Detroit Smart Parking Lab, DSPL, will officially open for business in September. The facility is the first real-world test site in the nation for emerging parking technology. Ford says the facility is designed to allow mobility and smart infrastructure pioneers, real estate innovators, and startups to test parking-related mobility, logistics, and various electric vehicle charging technologies. So how about that? We got a smart parking lab opening next month in Detroit. Very, very cool. Here we go. Eight cities around the world that are putting their focus on biking and walking and not cars. Here, I'll give you a peek of these. these we'll have these uh, in, the, in the show notes. You can check them out. Let's see. Top of the list, we have Bogota. That's Colombia. Metro area of a population of 10.7 million. Montreal in Canada, metro area population of 4.1 million. Also have Barcelona in Spain, metro area population of 5.6 million. So how about that? Eight cities around the world. You want to hear the rest? What else we got? We have, I mentioned Barcelona, Taipei, which is a metro population area of 7 million. That's in Taiwan. Taiwan's bicycle kingdom. Auckland, New Zealand, electrified public transit fleet, metro area of 1.6 million. Uh, in Vietnam, we have Vietnam's vehicle-free roads. In Hoi An, if I pronounce that properly. Um, and then in Tushwain, South Africa's accessible bike share program. And here's one, a U.S. city, Portland, Oregon's complete neighborhoods. Metro population area of 2.5 million. Portland was the first city to create a climate action plan back in 1993, and it's been outpacing U.S. climate targets ever since by cutting its carbon emissions as much as 20%, despite a population increase of nearly 40%. Way to go, Portland. Way to go, Portland. I wonder if we need to, uh, I wonder if we need to fact check that to make sure that's right. Speaking of climate change, you know, I just just reported on this Mars-bound SpaceX uh, Starship, but the cost of space tourism, you know, we mentioned last week that you got Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson taking their their rocket ships in outer space. But what is the cost of of uh, space tourism from a carbon footprint standpoint? That's something we're going to be covering. Let's look at some automobiles. Again, if you go to autoconverse.com uh, and you sign up, you'll get access to our our uh, Slack magazine. Uh, GM is bringing its upgraded hands-free Super Cruise driving system to six vehicles in 2022, uh, including the all-new GMC Hummer EVB, EV pickup truck is happening. Mustang Mach-E GT is now available in the UK with prices re- uh, starting at 67,000 pounds. And Tesla has a full self-driving subscription uh, Tesla is launching its full self-driving subscription, but some owners are peeved because of the cost of the $1,500 charge for that. And finally, something I want to have been added to the show is we're going to look at some, we have a section for vehicle recalls, uh, kicking things off. Tesla will pay $1.5 million to settle Model S battery throttling complaints. Back in 2019, Tesla pushed an over-the-air update to its Model S sedans following an incident wherein the vehicle caught fire in a Hong Kong parking lot. Tesla said at the time the update will revise char- will revise charge and thermal management settings on Model S and Model X vehicles to help further protect the battery and improve battery longevity. Some Model S owners claimed, however, that the update reduced their maximum battery voltage, prompting them to take Tesla to court, and now the automaker has agreed to pay $1.5 million to settle 
the class action lawsuit. So Model S owners could get is up to $625 each. Uh, GM d- uh, has recalled the Bolt EVs again because of battery risk that poses fire. Recalling tens of thousands of Chevy all-electric Bolt hatchbacks for the second time in less than a year because of this fire risk. The company made the move late in July after two bolts caught fire without impact. GM is confirming that at least one of the bolt fires was battery-related battery related, and happened despite the owner getting the fix from the first recall. So GM's recalling all 2017 to 2019 model year bolts at 68,000 vehicles globally. Of those, 50,925 are in the United States. And finally, this is not related to EVs, but it's a pretty big safety recall. Ford is recalling nearly 800,000 Explorers as well as its Lincoln Aviator and F-350 Super Duty pickup truck. Six allegations of injury have been connected to a potential defect in the Explorer. So you can catch those. We don't report all, all vehicle recalls, most related to autonomous vehicles. So head over to Autoconverse. Dot com. Get yourself signed up, and that'll give you access to all of these uh, announcements, some of these announcements that we bring up on the air. All right, that's it for news and current events. Stay tuned for my conversation with Brandy Koloski about blockchain and a new way to secure financing on a car. This Autoconverse podcast and the following message are brought to you in part by Vehicle Hero. If you've been paying attention, you may have noticed a subtle shift in car dealer ads on radio, TV, and the internet. For decades, car dealers have all screamed about having the lowest prices on cars. But nowadays, car ads are mostly telling you to hurry in for top dollar on your trade. We'll buy your car whether you buy one of ours or not. And that nobody pays more for used cars than Big Bob's Ford store. Nobody. At Vehicle Hero, we rescue your sale by making things as easy as one, two, three. You give us details about your car, we search our network, finding local dealers who want your model, work through their bids, eliminating everything but the best offer. And you walk away happy without any of the inconveniences of used car sales. Selling your used car doesn't have to be full of drama. Vehicle Hero gets you paid with no settling, no switcheroos, and no stress. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash hero. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash hero. And thank you. All right. So when's the last time you went to finance a car? I don't have the percentages, but pretty most people in the U.S. do do finance a car. And to get lending for a vehicle goes by your uh, your credit score has has the most to do with the, your borrowing power and the and your interest rate. And then there's a division. If you have, if you if you don't have much borrowing power, basically meaning uh, low credit score, then you fall into what's called subprime, and at subprime really works against you because you have uh, less borrowing power and extremely high interest rates. So you kind of get stuck there, and all this is ultimately influenced uh, by the FICO credit system, which has been around since 1956 and has really become a fixture in U.S. lending since this time. But is that the only way to get financing on a car? Well, not anymore. There's a new system out called Plenzi, which is a patent-pending points-based lending platform on blockchain, and it offers asset-backed tokenized loans. So yes, the fact that it's on blockchain is important, and that and the blockchain is actually what makes 
this technology, this lending system possible. So here is the continuation of what you heard in the beginning, plus some other time-worthy highlights from that same conversation. You can also, in your, if you know, you have a significant other in your home and you have the same addresses and everything, you'll be able to combine your income with your, your spouse or your partner or someone who's, you know, consistent with you in the home. And uh, once our algorithm and AI kind of spider through there and see consistency and numbers and, and dates and, uh, and bills and so forth, it spits out a point system. And then that point system shows us, okay, here's what we can lend this person because we can see that they'll be able to pay this. Um, it won't hurt them with this amount. Uh, and then at the very end, which is the cool part, it'll, if you haven't already gone to the dealership and did this process, you'll, it'll, it'll show at the end which dealerships in your area have the particular kind of car you're even looking for. So you can choose the color. You can choose all types of things. And then it'll say, okay, here's the dealership to have this specific car you want. And we'll give you like a digital uh, check in a sense. And you go in and within 45 minutes, you're in and out with your vehicle. Yeah. Let's get into blockchain uh, more specifically. How, how come you need blockchain technology to do what you're doing? Why, why specifically do you need blockchain? The really at the forefront of it all is transparency, uh, you know, avoiding frauds, keeping people accountable. Um, that's the big piece that's been missing in the automotive industry. And I would say in, in a lot of the um, financial lending banking industry <clears throat> in general, for instance, if you go to a dealership and, you know, you know, you're a grandmother and you have a great 800 score, but you don't have a job they will write in that you have a job and they submit it to the bank and the bank does not verify that. Right. And then also the vehicles themselves, um, you know, the lending on the vehicles themselves, there's a lot of fraud there as well. Uh, and so putting it onto the blockchain, you're able to just kind of follow, you know, that transparency. Where is the title going? Who is it, you know, apply, who is it attached to? Okay. Yeah. So I think that, I think that, I mean, that sums it up. It's about transparency because if, if you're not familiar with this folks, blockchain, one of the, the base of the technology is that it's an open ledger. All transactions are public to everybody. C correct, Brandy? Like that's the nature of blockchain. And it helps move, move payments faster as well. So when you get, uh, when you go to the dealership and you, um, uh, you know, the reason why you can pick up your car in 45 minutes is, because of our of, of the you know banking and financing model using blockchain, can you explain what backs the Plenzi tokens? Right. So the vehicle itself is an asset, right? Every everyone, anytime I speak to anyone about this, they're always like, "Oh, Bitcoin," and that's that. Like, eh. you know, crypto and uh, is volatile, right? It's it's um it's a it's a coin where. Whereas we are a, a stable token in a sense where we're asset backed by an actual vehicle. There isn't something that's actually tangible behind our token, right? So investors, when they come in to play, uh, they know that what they're investing in has assets backing their investment, right? And that's the, the Plenzi token. It's an asset backed non-fungible token. Okay, so let me kind of go down a, maybe a little rabbit hole here. 
yeah, that's probably a little more uh, for the internal financing investor banking, you know, it's not really well, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, the consumer is not going to care how, how their, how their loan is financed. No, they're going to um, care about the interest, which our interest is much lower than the average banking um, uh, offer, uh, loan offer, because we have several uh, revenue streams within our business model uh, that allows us to be able to lower that interest. Yeah. That's a whole nother one too. <laughs> Lots no, it's, I'm, I'm looking at it from different angles. So from a consumer standpoint, like we, like we established, they're not going to care how their loans are, are back. As long as they get the, as long as they get the car, they're cool. And a good if, price. Right. If, if, <laughs> if, if uh, Plenzi gets swallowed into the blockchain and evaporates, they're happy because they don't have a loan to pay anymore. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah. And we, we've actually built our, uh, our model. So the current banking, institutions right they have to have like a pool to like be have like a safe pool right uh, so if something were to happen like you said like just dissipates into nowhere we actually have created a pool where we're three to six times higher than the current banking industry standard as a safety pool so we're extra extra safe and so if i'm a if i'm a just a uh, let's say a, a crypto s- speculator mm-hmm. can i can I purchase Plenzi tokens? Can I purchase the Plenzi crypto? As an accredited investor currently. So we launch in roughly six months, right? So you can come in as an accredited investor currently and purchase um, uh, 10,000 uh, shares tokens um, at $50,000 currently. Okay. If you want to be a, a, like a liquidity uh, investor. Right. Exactly. Okay, but you can't be, you're, you're, the coin's not going to be on an exchange for, not for yet. speculators. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Yes. Okay. Eventually. Yes. All right. So the, so there, the assets are, the vehicle is the asset. We've mm-hmm. established that. Mm-hmm. Um, now how about payment? How am I, how am I paying you? Can I pay for my car in crypto? You can pay with crypto, fiat. Yep. Uh, any type of payment. And yeah. It's uh, our, the application. You'll be able to go through it the whole way. And your insurance, your gap, your warranty, uh, your GPS alarm, That's that can, it's all done all in one place, all on our Plenzi app. Oh, no kidding. So all, it's all in one. Hold on. Let me write that down. So you said uh, insurance. You know, what's going to happen is we are not going to have to mass market to consumers. Because the dealerships will already, you know, be providing it to as an option when the consumers come in and they go, here are all your uh, options from different banks. And, oh, here's Plenzi. Um, but eventually consumers will, will, will catch on and they'll be able to shop from their phone uh, and get approved right away um, before they even go to the dealership. Right. So that that's the that's the unique part, I would say. All right, as you might imagine, Brandy and I could probably talk all day about blockchain and auto lending, but we actually got into another important topic that really strikes home, and that is the environmental impact of blockchain and electric vehicles. In fact, back in May, 
My article on blockchains and electric vehicles facing carbon challenges was featured on wardsauto.com. And the reality is that no matter how clean the energy, there's going to be an environmental impact. And no matter how inclusive or egalitarian a currency is, there's margin of error and exploitation. Here's where Brandy and I get talking about the environmental impact of blockchain and EVs. You know, I just did a paper or an article on the environmental impact uh, I guess, cost of Bitcoin mm-hmm. and correlated that to electric vehicles. The premise of that was that, hey, we have these new emerging technologies that are real and they're not going away, mm-hmm. right? But they have an environmental impact. I'm doing a follow-up piece. I'm still researching it. But what I'm also going to do is look at the environmental impact of other significant things like uh, professional and collegiate sports, mm-hmm. right? They t- they are major economic drivers in the country, in the world, and they too have a tremendous environmental impact. We know the environmental impact of big tech. Um, You know, Google's, the Facebook's, Apple, they're all committed to reaching some level of carbon neutrality, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so, and so, yeah, the environmental thing's real. I think there's more to the story with, with, with Elon and Bitcoin. There's more to the story. Yeah. He's working the field somehow. He was not oblivious to the environmental impact. Yeah. At the time of purchase. No. And, and not a lot of people are, you know, aware of the environmental impact that a lot of things have until you're actually, you know, in it. So it was quite, quite the adventure. Well, Brandy, hang tight. Thank mm-hmm. you for being here and sharing this with us. We're going to stay on. This is Brandy Koloski, everybody from Plenzi which is a new point-based auto lending solution on blockchain. Um, And she's kind enough to come here and share with us. So thank you, Brandy. Thank you for having me, Ryan. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, Next week's episode, we will share bits from the continuation of that discussion, but we'll have a guest panelist with us from the retail side. Now, these conversations that you hear are originally recorded before a live studio audience on the Mobility Tech and Connectivity Show. So head over to autoconverse.com and look for the MTC show. Uh, And if you want to tune in and be part of the live experience, then text the keyword autoconverse to 855-766-7585 and get subscribed to our YouTube channel so you can tune into the live shows and watch the recordings. I'm Ryan Girardi signing off. We'll see you next week. And hey, for our Doge holders, to the moon. To the moon. This is Autoburst Media.